The death of everyone's favourite sitcom character, revelations from Britney Spears' memoir, and can we critique Taylor Swift? I'm Maggie Zhao. And I'm Jasmine Wallace. And you're listening to Culture Club, our fortnightly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past and present. We would also like to celebrate the rich history of First Nations culture and storytelling that we are continually learning from. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Maggie, welcome home. You just got back last week from China. We actually haven't even had a chance to see each other in person until right now and we're just like jumping into the pod. We are. I feel like even though I was gone for two weeks, it has felt like a lifetime in so many ways, even just seeing you today. So like it's been like two weeks since we've seen each other and I feel like your hair (laughs) felt so nice when we hugged this morning. Like it's so soft, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what has changed in her routine? And then you come in with a new Frank Green drink bottle and I'm like, oh my God, so much is changing. Like all this new stuff. It was like when I saw Tom, he had a new bag from Crumple and I was like, I don't know this bag. I was like, how quickly wow. things can change. That's so funny. Yeah, no, I think it's been like yeah, three-ish weeks mm-hmm. by the time you um, calculate your travel here and back. Mm-hmm. But you were in China visiting family and for a while you didn't have internet. So like how was it kind of being semi-offline in like such a different country to Australia? Yeah, so this was a massive trip. Um, we had planned it a little while ago. So it was my entire family that's in Australia, as well as my mum's sister and her two kids, so my cousins, who are also in Australia. So like almost everyone that's related to me in Australia <laughs> went to China, um, where most of my relatives are. And it was a trip, you know, to see relatives and to also do a bit of like nature sightseeing. I actually feel really quite emotional just talking already and I can feel it like just bubbling to the surface (laughs) because it was such a special trip. Um, You know, the last time I went was about 13 years ago. So when I was about 11 years old and um, to see so much of my family and to be able to connect with them was like, (laughs) yeah. Really special. Really special. Um, And I didn't expect to feel this way post-trip as well. Like, I really do Mm. miss it. And I did not expect that as much as I, like, you know, do. Um, But back to your question, not having internet and stuff uh, for, like, most of the time was kind of interesting. So I ended up getting a VPN, like, set up halfway through, which meant I had access to everything except randomly TikTok. It's, like, completely banned. I don't know how they do it in China, but it was quite nice, I would say, to be not overly online and posting that much um it actually didn't feel too weird either i think because i was kept busy and doing things yeah. all the time and being in different environment just like in the moment exactly compared to if you're at home without internet it would oh, feel yeah. like a bigger thing 100 percent. and my screen time yesterday not it being like so high me like just doom scrolling through social yeah. media i'm like oh here we no. go here we go it's like junk food or something yeah <laughs> And so you're back now for like a week and a half. <laughs> yeah. And then this week you're off again. You're going to India. Yeah. 
bloody Miss Worldwide over here. I know. So what are you doing in India? I know. I really can't believe it. So by the time this episode comes out, uh, like this weekend, I guess, I will be heading to India for six days. It is a PR trip through Intrepid Travel. So I feel really, really lucky. It's me and five other content creators. As a little funny side note, four of the five other people we have had as Culture Club <laughs> guests. And I would say That's that the amazing. fifth person person has been in our list as well so it's like a funny little time and I feel like almost lucky I'm like oh I've already had like a 45 minute conversation yeah. with these uh, ladies yeah not strangers at all <laughs> no yeah um but I do feel lucky I did tell you I was like the travel I've done this year is more than most people do in a decade so I'm very much feeling very grateful and very excited very not looking forward to another long plane ride but that's okay how long is the plane ride to india it's all too bad if it was um a one-stop like trip uh it'd be about 12 hours but i'm going with the stopover so uh-huh. it's like a nine hour trip and then a whatever hour trip it's that's okay so cool yeah. i'm so happy for you thank you and then you're also traveling oh my god i feel like we're <laughs> a travel podcast now but you're heading around a bit on around you? around town no, i will be well in brizzy for a few weeks yeah still traveling still at the moment um in november early december and then i'm actually going away to paris for a week <gasps> with my best friend i'm so excited she's just moved there yeah. and so she'll be able to tell me like all the pla- like the local places mm. and then um i'm going to scotland and england with my partner's family and just like chilling in the Scottish Highlands. Well, they live near the beach, but yeah, I'm just keen for like cozy family vibes, oh. cottage core. You're gonna have a energy. real white Christmas? I don't know if it'll snow. Um, every time I've had Christmas in Scotland, it's been cold but mm. sunny, which is always mm. such a trip. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, it's Christmas, but like I'm not at the beach, but it's also not snowing, which yeah. is what people expect. <laughs> oh. It'll be lovely. It's going um, to be so But nice. it's crazy. I think, I think I've told you this, but there's like a week in December where I'm going to be in like five cities. Tell me. It's like I'll be in Brisbane with family. I'm flying to Sydney for a Christmas party for 24 hours. Then I fly back to Melbourne for 20, well, 36 hours something. And then I fly to Paris. So I'm in four cities Stop. within the span of like, yeah, a week. Isn't that that Ed Sheeran lyric? Like two cities <laughs> the, the same day, you know? <laughs> uh, anyway, I guess this is all to say mm-hmm. <laughs> that this is why we had two weeks off while you were away. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have some more guest episodes and some like end of year roundup episodes, I think. Potentially a book club episode. <laughs> oh, a little teaser. I love that. It keeps us like accountable, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think before we get into pop culture stuff today, mm. obviously a lot has been happening in the world over the past month now. And I think it would be irresponsible of us to not bring it up Mm -hmm. and just gloss over the Israel-Palestine conflict that has broken out since October 7th. Every single person like listening to this um, will in some way be across what is happening and everyone will be feeling a lot. I think this is just some of the most devastating news, the most horrific news I think we've probably heard all year. Um, There's a lot to unpack here and where not a you know news politics podcast um and we really respect the work of journalism and people who are speaking up in this space we will have some resources linked in our show notes that we find helpful as well of course it's not an exhaustive list 
And yeah, we really encourage people to keep updated and to keep informed and to not, I guess, look away just because it's really uncomfortable. 100%. And I think reading reputable news sources is the best thing at the moment. I've only been reading like The Guardian and Al Jazeera basically because it's so easy for other noise to come into the fray. And specifically to any Muslim and Jewish listeners of ours, we really are sending love and holding space for the grief and the complicated emotions that you may be feeling as well. I mean, I think we both can't fathom how it must be feeling in this time, like in your communities as well. Um, So sending love. And as Maggie said earlier, we will have some resources, donation pages, etc. in our show notes. Also, over the weekend, there was a major celebrity death, probably the biggest of 2023 so far, and that was the tragic death of Matthew Perry. Yeah, I remember seeing the headlines um, start to come out about this, and it was, you know, like, you know, Friends TV star allegedly dead at 54, and it kind of came in through, like, thick and fast, you know? It was just, like, one minute the news was out, like, the next, it was, like, every single publication under the sun Mm. was covering this news i mean did you grow up watching friends i did more so when i got a bit older like my parents wouldn't have put it on for us but like when i started maybe like early high school like going to friends houses and it was always kind of in the background and remember we were family friends with this one family and they had every single like season on dvd so they Mm. were always playing (laughs) it so yeah definitely a comfort show for me i think did you yeah i remember it was on um <laughs> i don't know why i remember the exact channel name like gem it was one of like channel nine's mm-hmm. channels and it would be on like at six and like six thirty p.m i think when i was in high school and um, me and my family used to watch it before dinner kind of thing um so yeah like i was a fan of the show and you know love the characters etc i am actually quite shocked at how massive this news was and how wide-ranging um it was and how much it's been like publicized about and people just like everyday people have like shared their condolences and grief online i was like actually quite taken aback by how big this news was yeah i think it's because he well the show has like spanned so many different generations and people can say oh gen z like hates friends because it's like not progressive whatever but like i think gen z's also still watched it so i think when you have a show that spans so many generations and like was such a huge huge global hit like obviously it's very american it's in america but like it really was a huge hit around the whole globe so i think that's the reason why right yeah and i don't know if i'm wrong in this but the coverage and just all the noise around it has made me feel like a bit uncomfortable in a weird way so my main question i have about all this is like what happens when a celebrity man dies and people care more about a tv character Mm. that was on there 30 years ago i just feel like there's been a really interesting parasocial mix-up of the man that has died matthew perry and his character chandler bing and he has spoken at length about like not like his complicated relationship with the show Mm. um, and being so tied with this character. And I feel like this is my thought, which is so self-centered in a way, but I was like, 
if I was him and this is how people were talking about my death, like I wouldn't want people to talk about me in this way after I die, which is so, so rad. Like I don't know how to <laughs> yeah. So the comment that Maggie's talking about that Matthew Perry made was from his 2022 memoir, which actually came out like a year ago this week, which mm-hmm. is really freaky. Wow. But he wrote, when I die, I know people will talk about friends, friends, friends. And I'm glad of that. Happy I've done some solid work as an actor, as well as given people multiple chances to make fun of my struggles on the World Wide Web. But when I die, as far as my so-called accomplishments go, it would be nice if friends were listed far behind the things I did to try to help other people. I know it won't happen, but it would be nice. Yeah. So if people, like, don't know, perhaps he struggled lifelong with addiction um and when he's talking about helping others like he did quite a lot of work in the field of sobriety and helping others with recovery and that is the work that he wants people to talk about i guess when it comes to remembering him and i don't know so it's kind of twofold my uncomfortableness so it's like the fixation on this character that he he played when it was like in the 90s but also there's been this weird kind of like true crimey element of people like being like oh like what's the actual cause of his death mm. like all these articles being like oh like there have been like there were no drugs in the house or you know was it potentially suicide or like how was his mental health right before like the articles are non-stop it's been uh, like almost a week now and yet there are new articles being posted like by the hour still wow and also people like being real weird like conspiracy theorists yeah. about like his post and the lead up to his death yeah. and all this stuff. It's just like I can't even imagine like it being his family and friends. Completely. But to counter act your point, I guess, I respect that like even Matthew Perry himself was like, I hope friends is listed far down in my achievements and I totally understand that, especially given it was like 30 years ago. But like isn't it nice to have a character, mm. like I said before, who's – transverse generations and like a character that connects with people i think that's like so powerful i know he's just like a goofy white man from new york but like (laughs) the character chandler bing but i think that that's actually a really nice thing and like Mm. it's an i think it's nice seeing all the tiktok edits from the friends show Mm. and like people mourning chandler bing as much as matthew perry because of like the power of like the written word and like the power of character writing Mm. It doesn't happen that often in culture where so many millions of people can connect to a character, especially nowadays when we're all in our little echo chambers and like oh, we watch Fleabag or we watch The Bear or something and it's like we know that our little group will connect to different characters but like we don't have that sitcom formula anymore. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend and I have been watching Scrubs and My Name is Earl recently, oh like every God, my night. Name is right and i never really again watched them as a child but like it's so nice to just like watch a 20 minute show and it has the same formula and there's just some good jokes and you sit down at the end of the day and you eat your dinner and you watch this sitcom and like we don't have that anymore and my boyfriend's like Mm. everything is so serious now going on a bit of a tangent here but i just think like i don't know how many more times we'll have culturally where millions and millions of people will grieve for like a Mm. character or Mm. like for an actor who whose work was so influential because of like the state of echo chambers and like streaming platforms. Whereas it's like everyone sat down at 6pm in the nineties to like Mm. watch this Mm. one show. I actually love what you said. I think that 
rings so true. And I agree in the fact that like his impact is so universal and he's made such yeah a huge impact in so many people's lives and brought so much joy and I think that's amazing but I think it's almost like the commodification of him Mm. and his career versus him as a person and it's like if we're thinking like philosophically it's like well does that matter then because he's helped so many people like thousands of people around the globe you could easily say um have been like touched by his work so it's like is a trade-off fine then and i think it's like i don't know this man like you're you're so like i i i don't know um but i think i really wanted to talk about this today because i think this is one instance of celebrity grief that we haven't really seen before like you're right like we're mourning a character as much as we're mourning a person Mm. or actually i would argue we're mourning a character more yeah very true i have felt a bit like but what about Seventeen again? His act in Seventeen again was so good. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! I want more Zac Efron oh Seventeen god. again edits with Matthew Perry. With Matthew Perry, one hundred percent. So when I was in China, right, when I didn't have a VPN, my phone was just like a brick. Um, (laughs) But surprisingly, Spotify works, right? And luckily for me, I downloaded a bunch of podcasts before um, like taking off. And I downloaded a lot of one of my favorite podcasts. I talk about it all the time, but it's called Celebrity Memoir Book Club. And there's been some red hot, like incredible memoirs that have come out recently. So I'm thinking like Julia Fox, I'm thinking Britney Spears, especially as well. And that's what we want to talk about today. I went to Big W last week and I bought it like the day it came out. I was like, I can't wait. And I haven't had a chance to read much this week because it's been really busy. But last week I was like reading every night. I was reading on the tram, even though my tram ride isn't that long. But I was just like standing at the tram stop reading, which I haven't done in so long. But I really, really enjoyed it. And like, I think I'm three quarters of the way through. But like her writing and like what she's expressing is so, so good. Yeah. Okay. It is called The Woman in Me, right? So I don't like the cover. (laughs) Sorry. I was going to frame it as a question. But I was just like, why is the cover giving like school project? (laughs) You reckon? So, yeah, as off the top of my head, I try to describe it to listeners. So it's like a black page. It's like an older, like, so it's a photo of younger Brittany, like, hugging herself. She's got, like, no top on. But, her fa- like, the edit's kind of weird. And then, like, the, the text is to the side. It is in, like, serif font. It's in caps. Like, it's, wait, oh, I know what it is. It reminds me of those inspirational posters that used to be like in schools, you know, oh. like they have like a boat or like, you know, the sunset and then it's like the text at the I bottom. I kind of see that. I kind of see that. I thought it was chic. I really liked the photo. She's and gorgeous in a don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm just not sure about the cover. <laughs> okay, Miss Design Degree. Yeah. The spacing of the words looks so wrong. I can't. You're so funny. I didn't even notice that. I don't know. I think I'm being so silly, but that is. It looks like a like a early like like the book hasn't been released. This is like an early yeah, cover. Yeah, true, true, Sorry, but as they say, don't judge a book by uh, its cover. Yeah. <laughs> so when this like the news was announced that she was writing a book, I was actually like, I'm not even going to read it. Like, I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to like listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just like read an article and get the main points. But something came over me the day it came out, and I was like, I need this book. I need to read it from her own words. And I'm glad I did because I was like, it's just going to be ghostwritten. Like, 
she can barely write an Instagram caption. Like, how is she going to write a whole book? But it's very clear, I think, that she's, like, dictated it mm. to someone. Mm. So I think it was, like, lots of in- – like, I'm not sure. This is my interpretation. I think it was lots of interviews and with someone she trusted deeply because she shares a lot. A lot. And then that person has ghostwritten it into, like, her own words. Mm. But I love the parts where you can tell it really is her speaking. Yeah. Um, and if you read it with, like, her accent yeah. as well, it's so good. But she shares – so much Mm -hmm. and there's actually been points about the halfway point where i was like this is so heavy yeah and i it's not it's definitely not like a fun gossipy celebrity memoir like some of the tabloids are positioning as of like Mm. oh she like digs the dirt on justin timberlake Mm. like there's so much she went through that i'm like she should do whatever the fuck she wants for the rest of her life because like she was a little like a prisoner yeah in her own home had no rights. I think it's amazing that she's able to now tell her own story. I think that's what I got from the two-hour podcast I listened to. So, yes, I haven't read the, the book. Is just, yeah, how sad and tragic some of the experiences she had was. I just – it's really hard to wrap your head around, like, the life she's had. That being said, we're going to pull out about, like, four or five of the main talking points um, from the book that – people are talking about and what we found interesting as well we want to give a content warning here we will be talking about pregnancy loss mental health struggles and depression so as i said before i think the first one that has gotten the most headlines is her relationship with justin timberlake and the fact that she had an abortion Mm. at a very young age in her early 20s she also wrote that justin cheated on her multiple times um and yeah, the breaking point was when she became pregnant. Mm. She writes, it was a surprise, but for me it wasn't a tragedy. Justin definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy. He said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were way too young. I agreed not to have the baby. Abortion was something I never could have imagined choosing for myself, but given the circumstances, that is what we did. If it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. This was heartbreaking. And in the book, she kind of details that, you know, I was going to say they decided, but I'd say Justin probably decided for them that she wouldn't go to a hospital so no one would find out. And you can speak more on this, I'm sure. Um, But it was like, did she do it at her house or like a private place? I think it was just her house. And she was talking about how it was like the most pain she's ever been in in her whole life. And then Justin Timberlake's outside the door with a guitar. Oh, my God. Tell them. To, sorry, I I actually can't. I think I just blocked this out from the podcast because I was like, I seriously can't with this man. Okay, well, tell us. Yeah, so like, I mean, self-explanatory, but she's like um, miscarrying in the bathroom and in so much pain. And he like starts strumming a guitar outside the bathroom, like serenading her. Thinking it'll help. Thinking it'll help. I would literally punch him in the face. Sorry. He needs to go in the bin. Like... Justin Timberlake, his name is smeared for me. I heard his song playing like in public the other day and I was like, turn that off, (laughs) turn that off. I'm so basic. I actually love Justin Timberlake, like his first album, the album that like she talks about in the um, book. But yeah, I kind of cringe a little bit now when I hear his, which sucks because like he is a talented artist, but I'm just like, (laughs) 
Dude, it's like what happens when you're so young and like a major celebrity, I guess. So they were both in their 20, like 21. Yeah. You met a 21 year old man, like, come on. Yeah, true. They're all idiots. Whatever. You're right. Still, I I still have fury for that man. I'm, I'm holding on to that. Yeah, but apparently he's pissed off. Like, he thinks that this book has like ruined his comeback that he was planning. That is fueled by his soundtrack for the Trolls movie. Oh, don't wait. So that song, again, another reason why he can go to hell. When I used to work at Toys R Us, right, it was like in the height of the Trolls movie, you know, being released. Every hour on the dot, every hour on the dot, the Trolls Justin Timberlake song would play. This is like torture. Yeah, that, that would happen for like, that happened for months, by the way. So Okay, so you have a very different perspective. <laughs> That is my that is valid. Timberlake law. Oh. I think also one of the most tragic parts was like mm. how badly all Britney wanted was to be a mum. And that explains why she took like why the abortion was so hard for her. And then her parent, her family and her ex-husband took her kids away from her essentially. Yeah. And there's all these passages where she's just like she just didn't care about anything. And she thought like if she's a good girl, like if she abides by her yeah. father's like rules then they'll see that she's actually a good mom and she'll be able to have a baby like she did every all that conservatorship stuff for her kids basically they literally manipulated her maternal instincts and her love of her children against her and weaponized that Mm -hmm. and used it to control her and i think that was just devastating and i think i don't so i was much too young to really um remember much of britney's rise to fame but i feel kind of stupid looking back and you know um when we're talking about Britney's like meltdown and um, as we might get into like, you know, when she shaved her hair and when she had like that umbrella incident with the paparazzi. Mm. Why did I, cause you know, it, even me as like an adult, I'd be like, oh yeah, of course, because of the media scrutiny and like the constant like harassment from, um, you know, paparazzis and the public, etc. And I never really thought about like her, her mental health in terms of her like children and what she was going through in this instance and like I don't know I, I, I was just like it's so obvious like reading reading this and yeah. hearing what she had to say I was like of course and she details like all those um, incidences mm. and like gives her own side I guess yeah. to those stories and how the paparazzi were like antagonizing her essentially and yeah it's very very sad and she also details her like the fact that her quote-unquote breakdown was fueled by the custody battle with Kevin Federline. I think she, like, the way she talks about him as well mm. is just, like, she just wanted to, like, have a husband and, like, kids. And she had this, like, crazy, crazy life. Mm. And all she wanted was to be loved. Like, oh, my God, my heart. My heart yeah. actually breaks for her. Yeah, and then in this book, of course, um, like, as accumulation of a lot of this, um, she talks about her experience with perinatal and postpartum depression as well um she writes my hormones were all over the place i was meaner than hell and so bossy unfortunately there wasn't the same conversation about mental health back then that there is now i hope any new mothers reading this who are having a hard time will get help early i now know that i was displaying just about every symptom of perinatal depression sadness anxiety fatigue so i still need to finish the book but it's actually made me want to read a few more celebrity memoirs and I don't know if this is really dark, but like the day that it was announced that Matthew Perry had died, Mm. I also went on Spotify and was like, I should read his memoir. So I think that we've actually spoken about this before, like ghostwriters for memoirs and stuff. Yeah, I think there used to be 
more of it or something. But now I'm like, no, I actually want to learn more about these people in their own words mm. and on their own terms because the Britney one was so good. Do you have any other recommendations for celebrity memoirs if you listen to that um, book club podcast? Yes. Like- I mean, I would – so my hot tip is like – with the memoirs that you're like, oh, I'd like to learn about this person, but I can't be bothered reading a whole book. The podcast is perfect for that. Mm. But um, just listen to one about um, Jada Pinkett Smith, which was really interesting. Um, I read Elliot Page's memoir, which oh, yeah. I really like because I really like the prose and that. Um, the Julia Fox um, episode was so good and they also interviewed her on the podcast. Like, I, I do want to read it now. Um, I just caught up with a friend before this who um, really loves books and they literally went to the bookstore right after we wow. caught up was to find the Julia Fox wow. um, book. Yeah. Maybe I'll listen to that one next on Spotify. Yeah. I am obsessed with the Spotify audiobook thing. It's so good. Okay, I need to do it. I try to listen, not to my – because, oh, as as a side news, I'm um, really excitingly – I was published in, one, like, Shameless's new book. It's yes, called- congrats. Oh, my God. <laughs> we haven't even spoken about that yet. Oh, my God. A little plug, like, three quarters of the way <laughs> in the episode. It's called 4 a.m. Um, and it is a compilation of advice columns that Shameless and their contributors, which includes me, have written in the past. Um, but, yeah, I also recorded – a bit of an audiobook, like my sections, I answered my own um, like columns and I tried to listen to it and I was like, Spotify, I was like, oh, you have to like go off app or like you have to do something to like listen. And I was like, oh, oh, oh I need to do it. But anyway, yeah. Is that on Audible? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't speak for that. Congratulations. Thanks. So good. I bought it again the day it came oh, out, ran to the bookstore for the work. Best. It was actually really a lovely, um, a lovely read. Yeah, with everyone's different columns and like, I was crying. I like went down to the beach after I bought it and was just like sitting there, like, kind of like the way you can just like flick through. It's yes. kind of like coffee book vibe. But some of the responses and stuff, or the way Zara and Michelle were talking mm. about each other, I was like tearing yeah. up. I was like, oh, so beautifully written, and everyone is just so thoughtful, and all of you columnists are so smart. Anyway, go by 4 a.m. by Shameless. <laughs> we will have a link yeah. to it in the show notes. Okay, so we are going to have a bumper recommendation section today. Obviously, we've had a few weeks off. We've been consuming content. Jazz, you hit me first. What is something that you've really enjoyed reading, watching, or listening to these past couple of weeks? Well, obviously, last week, 1989 Taylor's version was released. Another big week for Swifties everywhere. Before I get into my recommendation, I want to ask, like, your thoughts on 1989. Okay, so I need to like set the scene. <laughs> I was on a minibus in China listening to 1989. And like, you know, when you're on a bus, like, the audio is not great, right? So it's it's bumpy, it's lick on Zon, etc. So I was listening and I enjoyed it. I haven't had a proper listen through. And then still, since you got home. Stop! Don't look at me wow. like that. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I was a bit, it was interesting because I was on the bus and I'm like, some of these songs kind of sound random. Some of the re-records sound kind of random. So, for instance, I was listening to Style and I was like, what the fuck's wrong with this chorus? I had to skip it and I was like, mm, maybe it's a bus. Maybe it's a bus. And I haven't gone back. So, tell me your thoughts. I did feel the same about some of the re-records. I think it's kind of been on the internet anyway. Mm. Um, but, yeah, some of them did feel a little hollow. Mm. I also said I was listening in the office with our friend Ali. Mm who now works at Refinery, and we were listening together. I was just thinking, like, 
sometimes with all of Taylor's re-records, I think sometimes she's lo- like loses the teen or early twenties mm. angst mm. that she had when she was writing and recording the original songs. Yeah. So sometimes you can just feel like she's hitting the notes or she's sometimes even like going harder on the notes because her voice has improved. Mm. But um, the emotion that she sings with behind like some of the songs is diminished. Mm. And I'm like, wow, that shows like how impactful like her emotional singing is, if that makes sense. So I think it was like bad blood. Mm. I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it still. Especially um, I felt like the – Kendrick Lamar one that she released like 12 hours later or whatever it was was stronger mm. and I also want to speak about the fact that she released the album then uh, at night later or 12 hours later she released the Kendrick Lamar version of Bad Blood and then the next day she was like if you buy this one vinyl this orange vinyl or something then it has this extra extra track with Jack Antonoff and I was just kind of like Girl, like yeah. I'm not gonna buy another vinyl. Like, sure, surely it'll come out on streaming eventually. Yeah. But it just made me feel like I think that the original re-recordings was the whole thing, but now it's become like an entity in itself. Very much. So true. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, she became a billionaire the week yeah. that it dropped as well. As much as we like love her, it's it's very hard not to be like she's driven by money and that's her own prerogative that's fine but you, you can't say oh it's just for the art like obviously the yeah. records are there to cause of the money issue no i agree yeah and i was just kind of like this is it's a bit shitty like the fans would have like real real hectic swifties would have been lining up for a vinyl mm. that day that morning and then it's like 24 hours later, it's like, oh, but if you get this <sighs> so one, pay another 40 American dollars, whatever it is, then you get one extra song. Yeah. And it's like why I get the whole like the vault track and like mm. releasing songs in secret and and there's like the kind of mystery. Is it going to be a double album? Is it going to be a feature from Harry Styles? Yeah. Like all that stuff plays into it. But I when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's weird. There's another song on streaming, and then I realized it was vinyl only, and I was like, "Oh my god! Like, what is? She? I don't know. I still love, I still love her, yeah. of course, of course." But then I read this headline that caught my attention, mm-hmm. and it's "Is Taylor Swift Impossible to Critique?" by Nina Yadav for the Swaddle, who we actually reference yeah, quite a lot. I was gonna say they're killing it. It's an killing Indian publication. It. Mm. The piece basically asks. It talks about the role of critics Mm. in the music industry and the fact that in recent years, thanks to stan culture, these critics are, like, bullied and doxxed by, like, mega fans or, like, they the fans only expect, like, perfect. Perfect, like, yeah, perfect reviews and, like, perfect scores. So I will read a little bit out. How did we get here? British philosopher Dr. Angie Hobbs highlights an interesting paradox where individuals may not aspire to fame themselves, but yearn for others to achieve it, creating a culture of vicarious living through glamorous figures. Historical parallels with the cult-like devotion to figures like Princess Diana and Taylor Swift, white women, dearly loved by the masses, reveals that when media mistreatment occurs, it triggers a savior complex in those who perceive it as a personal affront. The mistreatment transforms into a personal crusade for those whose sense of purpose is deeply rooted in the public existence of these icons. And to be sure, Taylor Swift did receive her fair share of media mistreatment. She's addressed it at length in her art too. 
but the public consensus on Taylor Swift is different now. She's up there among the greatest of music legends and has cemented her legacy as a formidable, culturally evergreen artist. Taylor Swift today is a phenomenon as much as she is an artist. The question then arises, does that make any critique of her work invalid or illegitimate? Mm. I urge everyone to like read the full piece. It's very, very interesting, especially as a Swifty. Like I'm always trying to question my um, parasocial relationships and my fandom, I guess. But it's probably because I work in like internet mm. culture. But um, sometimes it can go too far, I think. I agree. No, completely. And even when um, you're speaking up top about how critics are, like getting docs and stuff, even when I'm, you know, it's typically like 95% of the time it's positive when I'm writing or talking about Taylor Swift. But even if I'm, if I'm saying something remotely, like slightly negative, I always think twice because wow. I'm like, just in case. Like you just don't know. And you he- you hear these like terrible horror stories of journalists having these horrible experiences with fans I don't know. I feel like I'm at the stage now where maybe it's a bit of not fatigue with Taylor Swift, but Mm. like we can't deny it. The Eras tour was only like announced like a year, like only started a year ago or something, but it's felt like this whole massive phenomenon that like every single second, like every second day there's something new in the news about what's Mm. happened Um, that I think, yeah, like it's okay to be critical and to look at what she's doing just a bit more. Like I don't think that takes away from her. She like she's so powerful anyway so that powerful. it's not gonna hurt her. Yes. Yeah. To just like step back for a minute and be like, wait a second. And Mags, mm-hmm. what have you been watching, reading, listening to over the past few weeks? Oh, okay. What should I start with? Um, I will talk about a podcast that I listen to in China. It is called believable the coco birthman story it is a true crime podcast which is um my favorite my favorite niche category of essentially like white women faking cancer so it's <laughs> it's like my favorite why there's so many of these like influencers who do this um it piqued my interest because of the about um synopsis so i might just summarize a bit for you because i didn't i'd never heard the name coco birthman but it I is haven't. a relatively new story like we're, we're talking like 2019 ish 2022 even so essentially there's this girl called coco birthman she becomes internet famous because she shares her story of surviving sex trafficking as a young child growing up in germany her whole main story was that her mom was selling her for sex then she kind of like moved to america she was living in utah she became um like a like she became an influencer of sorts but she was really tied up in like the christian world um and she started becoming more recognizable and famous and then to you know she was known for her work in this like sex trafficking space but then just last year, 2022, Coco was actually arrested for faking cancer and raising money off the back of that. From there, sorry, I know it's so convoluted <laughs> because it, there's a lot going on. But from there, people start to question like, okay, if she was lying about cancer, mm. what else was she lying about? And this podcast essentially just goes um, and tries to untangle all of it. And there's a lot that happens, as you can tell from that brief synopsis. Um, and it was a really interesting podcast. They spent over a year researching and interviewing for it. 
like a lot of work had gone into it. My only critique is that at times, you know, the, the journalist at the center of it is trying to be like empathetic and balanced, but sometimes it felt almost a little bit gleeful in parts. Like uh. there are moments where, for instance, um, so she, like Coco was lying about, you know, like knowing Celine Dion or like she was like being a singer, right? And they'd, they'd be like, well, like they'd play an audio clip of like kind of like an auto-tuned singing voice being like, this is what Coco said she was singing. And then they're like, this is a real clip of her singing and it's like not very good. And I just sometimes it felt a little... I don't know. Mean? A little mean at times. Mm, interesting. Because I guess like what she did was like, what she, what Coco did was mean. Yeah, <laughs> completely, completely. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. So I think the whole podcast was like, okay, what is true and what isn't? So I'm not going to say here. Um, but a really riveting story. I'm always obsessed with like lies and the social yeah. media and influence. So fascinating. I think if you can lie about having cancer, you can lie about anything. Yeah. Like, seriously, that's so fucked it's if you can do that. And, like, it's interesting and tragic when people get lost in their own web of lies. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why that is also my favourite um, genre of true <laughs> yeah. crime because it's, like, the Elizabeth Holmes case and yeah. stuff. I wonder if it's – but, like, crime, crime, mm. I hate, yeah. like – listening to that or Violence engaging in that. Too, Violent. Like that. Yeah, I wonder if it's because with like lying, it's like just one person being a pathological liar or something, but no one is like physically actively hurt. physically yeah. hurt or like dying. Or yeah. in Elizabeth Holmes' Ooh. cases it was. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> tangent. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I've never heard of Coco Berthman. Yeah, no. Which is surprising neither. given our jobs, but um, yeah. Yeah. Do you listen to it on like Spotify, Apple, yeah. wherever? wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> wherever you're listening to this probably. <laughs> so we actually have two recommendations each today. So Jazz, hit us with your second. So like I said earlier on in the app, I've been watching like old early 2000s sitcoms, which is so funny. And then the books I've been reading, I've already either recommended or spoken about, or oh, it's Britney Spears. So one new-ish thing that I've watched recently was The Bear season two. Mm-hmm. I'm so behind. But the reason I'm behind is because my bloody boyfriend wanted to rewatch all of season one. Even oh. though he'd watched it, he was like, it's been too long. We need to rewatch <laughs> all of man. season one before we get back into season two. And I was like, oh my God. So we're still only like four or five episodes in. But on the other hand, I'm kind of loving that because one, it's highly stressful. Mm. Like just the way they talk to each other and like the cinematography can be kind of like high pressure because they are in high pressure situations. And then two, it's such a beautiful show and so well produced that it is also nice to savor it Mm -hmm. rather than binge watching. It's nice to just like, I think it's like once a week, we're just watching one episode and then go on to the next in between. My name is Earl. (laughs) So yeah. Have you seen the bear season two? Yeah, Yeah. I finished bear season two. Loved it. Have you seen the conversations around chef core? I've seen, Seen a few PR emails come yeah. through about Chef Core. That's I'm what like, I oh mean. Oh my god! Because my top today is Chef Core. I'm just gonna what? I oh my god! It is. It's got like the high neck, like the French <laughs> chefs. Um, yeah, That's really cool. hard to describe. I'll put a po- photo on Culture Club Instagram stories, so keep your eye out when the episode drops. <laughs> um, but uh, I saw yeah. a few carmies for Halloween. Oh, hilarious! So Behind much. hands. Yeah. <laughs> hospitality workers no 
So that's mine. Yeah. Just loving it. Love the, I love AO Debris. We spoke about her on the last mm-hmm. regular episode of um, Culture Club. So keen to see where all those actors go, including Jeremy Allen White, who is such a joy. He's in season two less, I think, which is like makes me feel sad. But I love like learning more about the characters' stories and like their becoming more main characters, which Mm. is like nice in itself. Also makes me want to go to Copenhagen very badly. (sighs) So good. Definitely on the list. And lucky last, what is your final recommendation for us today, Maggie? I'm watching a really good TV show at the moment. I need to ask, have you heard of Everything Now? No. This is what I'm saying. (laughs) Sorry, I have to fact check. You are my like, I'm like doing a survey, but you are, yeah, you are like my case study only of one person. But this is a thing. So this is a Netflix TV show. It's a British teen comedy comedy is like comedy drama sorry i'd say and it came out a month ago so at the start of october and it is so good and i feel like i'm not seeing it no okay so this is a thing i downloaded the first episode for like the plane when i was going to china and i loved it and um i'm almost finished the season it's only eight episodes essentially um it is about a teenager called mia palenko and she has just been released from hospital after a lengthy battle with anorexia and she is thrust back into school high school and like the world of her friends and everything so first up definitely a big like content warning for like eating disorder content Mm -hmm. but this show i think is just done really well so it's very much in the realm of like euphoria heartbreak high sex ed but there's something about it that feels more like sorry i'd say in comparison to euphoria it's it's more like rounded um I really like the way that it was made. It's hard for me to describe. I think, you know, in the show, she's about 15 years old at the start. And I think it's a bit more realistic for a lot of other teen experiences. So, for instance, at that time, she had, like, never had a kiss. She had never had sex yet. And she's, like, discovering these things. Okay. I don't know. Versus Euphoria, where they're just, like, yeah, yeah doing all these, like, adult sex positions when you're, like, Wait, um, when they're like are you 11? Like, yeah. <laughs> And there's also something, um, of course, this deals with like a lot of heavy subject matter, but there's a lot of lightness and I really like the queerness of it as well. I feel like it's really lovely. I'm just really enjoying it. And like the most exciting thing as well is main character who's amazing and so beautiful. She's Australian. Yay. Her name is Sophie Wilde. She needs to take off. She's got about 60K on Instagram. She's in um another TV, another movie I watched, sorry. It was on stand, The Portable Door. It was fine, but like, <laughs> like I just amazing to see, you know, Australian talent, you know, they're doing something really yeah. cool. So I think you, you, I think you would like it. I think. Yeah. I don't you know. You know my stance yeah, on like teeny teen stuff. Shows, but you like, like sex ed and stuff. Yeah. I like sex ed and um, euphoria and stuff. Yeah. Because it feels like a little bit more grown up. Yeah. It's not why, it's not YA. That's no. what I've realized that that's what I don't like. Especially yeah. in our book club when people are like, what if we do a YA that like 13 year olds read in school? I'm like, no, please. No. Um, but yeah, when it's a little older, like skins or whatever. Yeah, fine. I'd say it's like on par with like heartbreak high age. Yeah, that's what's yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying this. I kind of want to hear other people's thoughts because it's just me and my little sisters now is watching it, but why i've never heard of it yeah i don't know it's only a month old but maybe got like lost in all the crazy like world news that's happening or something completely i think so 
But yeah, I would really recommend that. I'm really enjoying it. Well, thank you for the recommendations. That was fun. That's all we have time for today. Everyone take care of yourself. Be gentle with yourself and one another. I think it's very important right now. And we'll be back next week for another pop culture episode. Yay. See you then. Bye-bye.